Mix in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's Mai Yang from Mix in the Dark. I want to give a shout out to teachers who are pulling through the last stretch of the school year. This part of the year is definitely the most difficult. Most of us, including students and staff members, are drained by this point. Speaking of teachers, I want to let you know that I have been working with a teacher from Prairie Seeds Academy to help publish and record her students' stories in next week's episode. This is where I will need your help. These young writers need as much support as they can get. We are airing their episode live next week during their class time so that they can listen to it and see live comments. I'm also going to be listening live from my classroom with my students. I would be so grateful if you tune in and offer some words of encouragement on that day through the chat and I'll post some more information on this later on in the week. I want to talk about this current episode for just a second. I want to mention that this story has minor parts that are for mature audience members. I tried my best to twist the words in case we have some young rebels who end up listening anyway. Parents, please listen to it first before you okay your younger ones to listen. With that said, we've got some real life rain and thunder effects happening in the background to set the mood if you can even hear it. So please enjoy the story. Like most Hmong parents, when they first arrived in the USA, they feel very small in a big world, always working and trying to make a living to support their families. When you have an opportunity to improve your current situation, you would not think twice about it. When you can move into a house, why not? Especially if the price is low and you can fit a big family. Well, this is what happened to my parents. In 1988, my parents and our far distant grandpa's family moved into a house located somewhere in East Side, St. Paul, Minnesota. They do not recall where this house was, but my parents would still get goosebumps just talking about this house to us. To make this story easier to be told, I will be putting myself in my father's perspective. The people living at this house would be Grandpa and his wife, his son and his wife, and my wife and I. Just six adults with no kids. I often locked the basement door every night before going to bed. The reason why we locked that door every night is because the basement had an exit door leading to the backyard and we feared people may break in. We locked the basement door for extra precaution. Almost every morning, we would find the door unlocked. This happens occasionally. I have told the rest of the family about this incident, and I've asked to see if anyone has unlocked the basement door in the morning. Of course, everyone was clueless. I was working the evening shift on a Friday night, and my wife had night school for basic English. I asked my cousin to lock the doors before I get home, since I will not be home anytime soon. He had locked the basement door before heading to bed. When he was making his way back to the bedroom, he heard a loud slapping sound from behind the basement door, kind of like a flip-flop slapping amongst the doors. Startled, he ran toward his bedroom and tucked himself under the blanket. His wife yelled at him, Why are you so childish? He mentioned to his wife that he heard something from the basement. Too scared to go back and check it out, they all went to bed. I came home later that night, I looked over and saw that the basement door was unlocked. 
Annoyed with why he did not lock the basement, I went over and locked it myself. Everyone was sleeping, I wasn't asleep yet, and I waited for my wife to get home while watching TV. It was around 9pm when she got home, but before that time, I heard a door unlock thinking that it was my wife. I made my way toward the front door. I realized that the front door was not open. In the corner of my eye, the basement door was unlocked and the lights were illuminating from the bottom of the door. Confused, I walked over and opened the door and made my way halfway down the stairs. Thinking maybe my wife went to the basement to do laundry, I called out her name and got no response. Again, louder, and she responded from the upper level instead. She had just gotten home and asked, Why were you in the basement? I was so confused and I told her what happened. We both locked eyes, locked the doors, and then made our way to bed. Later that night, I was awoken by someone giggling. I ought to think maybe it was already morning and it was just gloomy outside to make the house seem so dark. In an instant, I heard my cousin yelling angrily from his room and this woke everyone up. My cousin said he felt someone walk up on him while he was sleeping and made love with him. He woke up drenched. He dreamt of a beautiful girl who was constantly on him until he started to feel pain in that area, which was what woke him up. I looked at the time and it was only 3 a.m. I asked Grandpa, did you or anyone hear laughter? But no one heard anything except when my cousin yelled from his bedroom. It was Saturday morning when everyone got up to eat breakfast. Grandma said she smelled a rotten stench, mumbling to herself and looking around to see where that smell was coming from. She lifted the rug in front of the basement door to see a dead mouse covered with maggots and black wet hair. She scolded and spat. Who brought this here? Everyone was now spooked and Grandpa swept the mouse and tossed it outside by the bushes. He was chanting, We do not want your offering, nor we do not want anything to do with you. Please take your belongings back with you. I will be leaving this here for you to come collect it. And ghosts and humans should not be bothering one another. Everyone else was wondering what Grandma and Grandpa were mumbling about. Apparently, Grandpa told us he met a woman in his dreams last night, and she asked him if he still wants his baby cow, and that if he is willing to give this cow to her to breed more cows. Grandpa remembers saying, I do not have any cows, but if you can find any, then help yourselves. She then smiled and walked away. Since he did not want to scare anyone last night, he kept quiet. In the following weeks, nothing happened, and nothing really happened until the toilet broke down. That was when everything started to go downhill. It was too expensive to reach out to a plumber. Since I had some knowledge on how this worked, I ended up replacing the toilet myself. Sadly, the studs that held the toilet were so old, I had to replace them. The only way to access it was to head down to the basement and reach up into the floorboards while someone was in the bathroom working on the above. 
My cousin was not home at the time, so I had no other men in the house to help me with this. Grandpa was too old to help. The only other option was to have my wife head down to the basement and reach up the plumbing system to me while I dealt with the toilet installation. She said that when she was down there, she always felt eyes were on her. She was so scared that she would start making humming noises and excessive sound to calm her nerves. I was so frustrated with her when installing this toilet, so I yelled at her. Would you shut it? I am trying to figure this out and you are making so much noise, it is not helping with the situation right now. She replied, then hurry it up. You are not the one who is down here by themselves baiting yourselves to ghosts. Right after when my wife said ghosts, she felt a cold and slight breeze pass her legs. She then dropped everything and ran toward the stairs, and while doing so, she heard footsteps racing along with her to the upper level. She then caught a glimpse of red bloodshot eyes looking at her from under the wooden stairs. She ran up, scared, crying to me. She was so shaken up that she left the house to get some fresh air. Eventually, we gave up and ended up calling our church sponsors to help us out with the toilet. They were more than happy to help. While my good church friend Dave came by, we installed the toilet. He said, hey, have you gotten the congregation or pastor to pray for your home? I said no, and why? What was the matter? Dave said that when he was in the basement, he felt so uncomfortable, almost like someone or something was telling him to leave. Dave then started to pray and sing Amazing Grace. As Dave prayed, he said the room and the spirits lifted, making him able to complete the toilet installation from the basement. He told me whenever you feel scared, alone, lost, or uncomfortable, recite a prayer. God helps all those who seeks his guidance. Dave soon left after. While I was cleaning up the tools, my wife decided to do laundry. She asked my cousin's wife, Sia, to tag along with her to the basement. While they were minding their own business doing laundry, Sia said, Why do the basement walls look like they have dried up blood? It almost looked straight out of a slasher horror movie. My wife suddenly locked eyes with Sia and nodded no very quickly, pointing at the wooden stairs with her mouth. Sia looked over her shoulder and said, What? My wife said, I'll tell you later, just hurry up and help me get this done. Once they finished, she told Sia everything, scaring her out of her wits. My cousin and his wife moved out after what my wife witnessed and that incident that happened to the cousin in bed. Grandma and Grandpa moved out as well to live with another son of his. This left my wife and I in this house alone. I would say that almost every night the house is cold, even in the hottest of summer. The basement would just give off the nastiest vibes. My wife could not stand this anymore either, and she asked if we could move too. The mortgage was super cheap and worked very well with our income at the time. I said, just give it a couple more months until I can save a good down payment. We both stayed and powered through months after. I remember this on a Wednesday. Right before I headed to work, making my way to the front door, I saw again this light illuminating from under the basement door. This time, the door was still locked. I questioned myself, why was the light on? Do we have an intruder? 
I gathered enough courage to go down the basement, halfway to the stairs. I looked at the exiting door to the backyard that was not breached. I suddenly felt something strong grab my left leg from behind the wooden stairs. I swung my briefcase in my hand around, hoping to hit something or someone. Fighting for my life, the grasp of my leg initially loosened up, and I jolted back to the bedroom where my wife was still fast asleep. I woke her up, and I told her that we had to go now. She asked me what happened, and I told her everything. Without hesitation, she took the only blanket she was using and we ran out of the house as fast as we could without even looking back. We walked to a payphone by the strip mall down the street and contacted Dave. Luckily, he picked up and asked what was wrong. I told him what happened at home and I wished to not go back until he comes and helps us. Dave answered that he was willing to pick us up to go back home. We were still in terror. We just stayed in the sidewalk until Dave showed up. Dave and I walked back into the house while my wife stayed in Dave's car. Dave went into the basement and was astonished that nothing seemed odd. I did not want to seem like a crazy person, so I went with him too. He said since we were too scared to be at the home, he could stay with us for a couple of days. I did not hesitate and agreed. My wife and I gathered most of our belongings, knowing in our heart that we were not going to come back to this house. Before leaving, I said, we're going to work and we'll come back later. This is what Hmong folks usually say when they are trying to leave any negative energy or negative entity behind in a home so that they do not follow them. It has been years now. I met up with my cousin who used to live at the house with us at a family gathering, and he wanted to know if we were still living there. I answered him, no, not anymore. That house is too tzitzia or having this eerie feeling. Luckily, we found another home soon after. Dave was such a lifesaver. He helped us sell that home. My cousin said, lucky you. He said after him and his wife Sia left the house, he got sleep paralysis every night and constantly dreamt of that house. Eventually, they decided to get a shaman to help. According to what the shaman said, his father allowed a lady demon who lived in that house to take him and that he allowed him to be her lover so that she could have children. She wanted children so that she would not be so lonely at the house. That sums up the story about my parents' first home. There are far too many details that were provided each time I was told this story as a kid. I would get cold sweat in my sleep just thinking about it. I guess it says that I'm thankful I did not grow up in that house. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.